it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to Jason Powell's Pro Wrestling Boom Podcast, a production of ProWrestling.net. Get ready for the latest news, analysis, and interviews featuring big names from the world of pro wrestling. Here comes the Boom! Hey gang, another week on the boom, and before we get into the show, I do want to give you a heads up that you can subscribe to this podcast pretty much anywhere, Stitcher. Downcast, iTunes, of course, wherever you get your podcast, there's a damn good chance that this show is available. And I also want to take a moment to ask you very nicely to leave us a five-star rating. Take a moment, review the show. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. Uh, you can do that on iTunes. I know Stitcher has an option wherever you go that uh, has an option like that. It is very helpful when you rate and review the show. Those five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And a big thank you to everyone who has already done their part to help spread the word about this podcast. I mentioned we have a great show today. I am so excited to have our special guest. I see leadership in a lot of wrestling companies being a little bit iffy. Uh, you wonder about what the genders really are. Why are they there? How did this happen? And the talents that work in the Performance Center, which is your route through at the toll gate getting to the big time, is uh, you're in wonderful hands. I mean, he's the real thing. So I would love to be a young like that, for any reason, to be young. Uh, but I would like to be, I'd love to work for him as a young kid. The voice of WWE, the legendary Jim Ross, is my special guest today. We'll be talking with Jim about a number of different topics here coming up. Uh, before we get to Jim, though, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of pro wrestling. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Backlash. Not a good event really underwhelming. Of course, you can check out my full review of that show at ProWrestling.net. Monday's Raw, boy, is there a heel shortage, a meaningful heel shortage. There were a lot of damaged heels that were moved over to Raw from SmackDown. They were uh, in a bad place on SmackDown. They moved them to Raw, and now they're trying to heat some of them up. We saw Jinder Mahal get a win on Monday, and they're trying to uh, suddenly make him mean something heading into a program with Roman Reigns after he'd been on this losing streak. And uh, Baron Corbin is a guy that you can tell they, they want to try to do something with, although he had to uh, kind of get his win back over the mid-card party guy, No Way Jose. 
and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn kind of feel like they're doing their own thing. I mean, yes, Owens wrestled Strowman, and it was a more competitive match than I expected, but I guess I'm waiting to see, are they splitting up Owens and Zayn? Is this just another little teaser that doesn't really lead anywhere? Because we've seen those guys have their issues before. And I I think very highly of uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, but they were damaged too on SmackDown. I still go back to that handicap match they had with AJ Styles. It was like two of them couldn't get it done at once, but now we're supposed to take them as serious threats to Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman. I'm having a hard time doing that. I don't think they're beyond repair or anything. I'm just saying that these guys have been damaged by the booking. One thing that jumps out to me when I watch Raw right now is that, boy, there are some potentially strong heels there. It would require a lot of heel turns, though. I feel I still feel like there are a number of miscast wrestlers on Raw. First and foremost is Roman Reigns, but we're not going to spend a ton of time talking about that today. I, I do talk with uh, Jim Ross a little bit about why Vince McMahon is so stubborn when it comes to Roman Reigns, so we'll save that for the Ross interview. Uh, but even going beyond Roman Reigns, because I think he'd be an, a, a terrific top heel, but if you go beyond that, Bobby Lashley, miscast. What was that promo about his sisters? And man, did that make me happy that I don't have older sisters because uh, being tied to a tree and left in the woods, uh, and even the younger sister who scarred him for life. Uh, wow, what was going on in the Lashley household? And how did that, I, I guess I'm just at a loss for what they expected the fan reaction to that to be. We're all of a sudden supposed to love Bobby Lashley because he's smiley and he has these weird memories from childhood. I, it didn't work for me, but I think Lashley could be a great heel. And you know what? I've seen him be a great heel in Impact Wrestling. He did a hell of a job in that role. Same with Bobby Roode. This glorious thing has really run its course, hasn't it? I think the act would work better if they were to turn him heel. And, and play up the glorious thing, but I want the glorious thing to go away at some point. This It's just, it's the same thing over and over again. It's just not all that entertaining to me anymore. I'm, I'm over the big theme song. It was fun while it lasted, but now as a babyface with him out there doing this glorious bit week in and week out, it, it's just kind of cringeworthy. And I've said many times, I think Drew McIntyre is talented enough as a babyface that he could be one of the top wrestlers in this company for many years to come. Now, if they don't see it that way just yet, he should at least be a good quality heel in this company. Uh, Because uh, right now, teaming him with Dolph Ziggler, yeah, the tag team division means something. But how much do you think they really care about the tag team division? I I don't understand this pairing. And McIntyre is a guy that you, if you slotted him into a meaningful heel role, I think he can certainly be a a worthy opponent. someone Someone that people take seriously when he's in the ring with a Roman Reigns. He has the size. Now, he's not going to be, he's not Braun Strowman's size, but he has the size to at least look credible in the ring with Braun Strowman. So they have a number of people over there, but I mean, the odds of WWE suddenly doing three, four heel turns just like that to kind of straighten things out seem pretty slim. I like Elias, but he's in this mid-card thing with Bobby Roode. And so, yeah, you're left with, well, Brock Lesnar when he's there, and then a bunch of heels who just are not over, and a bunch of good heels who are slotted as baby faces. That is what I see being the main problem on WWE Raw. Over on SmackDown, I was left really confused by what they did with Daniel Bryan. I just don't get it. His loss to Rusev. And look, most of us have been hoping that WWE was going to do more with Rusev. And so, you know, there's definitely mixed emotions on this move. Obviously, I'm happy to see them do something with Rusev. And, you know, curious to see where things go with them next. Uh, 
But he didn't have to beat Daniel Bryan to qualify for Money in the Bank. He could have beaten a number of people to earn that spot in the match. Now, beating Daniel Bryan certainly means something, but a case can be made that having Rusev beat Bryan left more people thinking about Daniel Bryan's loss than Rusev's win. I know my first thought wasn't what happens next with Rusev. It was what the hell are they doing with Daniel Bryan? Now, the first thing that people within WWE and the great defenders of all things uh, that the almighty WWE does will tell you that you shouldn't judge something like this in the moment. You have to let this play out. I definitely leave the door open for this being part of a larger story they're telling with Daniel Bryan. But I always roll my eyes when they act like they don't want people to react in the moment. Look, when your favorite football team plays poorly, loses a game, do you tell yourself, oh, it's just one game. You know, we, we've got to wait. Let's let's just move on. No. Or maybe a small number of fans do. But if you've ever listened to sports talk radio on a Monday after a game, then you know that there are plenty of fans who react in the moment. When you saw Star Wars Episode Eight, did you tell yourself that, well, I have to wait until after Episode Nine to feel one way or another about this movie? No, of course you didn't. Have you ever noticed that no one preaches, you have to wait to judge this until the full story is told when fans react favorably to something? When fans were buzzing over Steve Austin and, and Bret Hart's double turn back in the day, I don't recall anyone from WWE going, hey, this is just getting started, and you may hate where this all leads, so calm down, everyone. Fans of all genres react in the moment. Imagine how dull social media would be if every tweet consisted of somebody saying, we need to wait until the full story is told in order to decide whether we like this or not. It doesn't mean fans won't change their minds as the storylines progress, but it's human nature to react in the moment. And, and by the way, did you see that graphic on Monday's Raw about how Backlash was more socially active than the NBA and the NHL playoffs and Westworld and everything else on television? Believe me, they want you reacting in the moment too. So what is happening with Daniel Bryan? Are they trying to position him as an underdog babyface again? Maybe. Is this part of a bigger storyline that's going to all make sense down the road? Maybe. Is it because Daniel Bryan hasn't re-signed with the company and his contract is expiring in September? I don't know where things stand on that front, so maybe. Are they leery of pushing him because of his medical history? Maybe. That's the best I can give you because we simply don't know. What I do know is that what they're doing with Daniel Bryan isn't as hot as it should be. He returned to the ring just over a month ago at WrestleMania for the first time since his long medical layoff. Now think back to that day when the company announced that Daniel Bryan was medically cleared. How excited you were. How excited other fans were. I mean, it was just a love fest. And then fast forward to today. Is this what you had in mind? And this isn't just a one-loss thing. Let's even go back to the day before he lost to Rusev on SmackDown. Go back to Monday. Did you feel like they were on the right path? Did you feel like they were getting everything they could out of Daniel Bryan? I know I didn't, and I don't know where this is going, and I hope they get it right, but I really do worry about what they're doing with Daniel Bryan, because this should have been a slam dunk. His return to a WWE ring it should have been the feel-good moment that carried this company through 2018, and it already feels flat. One more thought before we bring Jim Ross onto the show. I'll give you my idea for who I would go with as far as the men's money in the bank contract is concerned. And it's no one who has actually advertised for the match yet. It's someone who hasn't even debuted on SmackDown. But he will be there next Tuesday. Andrade Cien Elmas. I think this guy has a ton of potential. I think he's going to be a hit on the main roster. Due in part 
to the awesome Zelina Vega. This is a great act, folks. If you haven't seen it in NXT, you are about to see something pretty cool. And I think it would be really, really fun if WWE just decided to make this guy very early in his WWE run by having him qualify for the match and then win the match. That would uh, really make him on SmackDown. Now, my guess, that's that because it's not an official prediction, my prediction is he's probably going to feud with Jeff Hardy over the U.S. Championship. I hope I'm wrong. I really do hope they make this guy right out of the gate. If they don't, I'm not going to hit the panic button. It's just an idea. But that's who I would go with. My guest today, as noted, is the legendary Jim Ross, and uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to Jim. I've had the good fortune of appearing on his podcast several times. It is now the Jim Ross Report, and you can check that out at Westwood One. And uh, I have also been lucky enough to interview Jim several times for ProWrestling.net. Members can go back in the archives and find those interviews. And I got to tell you, I'm very grateful to Jim Ross because uh, this is a guy who, as I mentioned, has had me on his podcast a number of times. And it's not just me. Uh, This is a guy that has uh, been really good with the pro wrestling media, not afraid to have us on his show and uh, let us spread the word about what we do. And one of the cool things about Jim is that he's never afraid to let us know when he disagrees with us. I believe he recently named us in the pro wrestling media recipients of his weekly Pet Coon Goofy Award that he uh, issues on his podcast on a weekly basis, and it was due to the Greatest Royal Rumble event, and uh, that's okay. And that's the fun thing about Jim. You can strongly disagree about something, and when it's over, eh, there's still respect there. And no, I'm not even setting the stage for any major disagreement or anything like that in this interview. I'm just trying to give you examples of why I do appreciate Jim Ross as much as I do. So let's do a little quick business here, and coming up right after this break, I'll be joined by Jim Ross. If you enjoy the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast and pro wrestling audio content, then I know you're going to love becoming a member of the ad-free version of ProWrestling.net. The members hear the weekly flagship .NET Weekly Audio Show with Jake Barnett and I discussing all the news of the week, and sometimes including some first-run news items that have not been reported elsewhere. Members also have access to a decade of audio content with interviews and exclusive audio reviews of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, and the list goes on. They also hear our audio reviews of all the major WWE, Ring of Honor, and Impact Wrestling pay-per-views and NXT TakeOver specials. Plus, we're adding more New Japan Pro Wrestling audio content for their major shows. Help support ProWrestling.net and the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast by signing up today at PWMembership.net. Back on the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast with Jason Powell, it is my pleasure to be joined by WWE Hall of Famer, Jim Ross. Jim, welcome to the Boom. We've, we've talked many times on uh, ProWrestling.net Audio, but this is uh, the first time I've had the pleasure of interviewing you for the new Boom podcast. I'm glad to be here, Jason, and best of luck on your new venture. So, uh, always good to talk to you. Well, we're kind of in the same boat because you have kind of a new podcast and it's an extension of your old podcast but you're now at Westwood One what led to you leaving podcast one and and why was there such a gap between the two well the uh I had a, some philosophical differences with <clears throat> with the <clears throat> pardon me uh, I had some philosophical differences with uh, uh upper management at podcast one uh just a bunch of uh corporate stuff that just did, I didn't want to be a party to and uh, I knew that that there were, the leadership there was coming under uh, a little bit of a media attack in, in California 
so it just seemed like a good time to reevaluate where I was. And, and we had had so much success there, uh, ratings-wise, uh, money-wise. Uh. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, all that good stuff. So I felt like we had a resume that we could shop. And we, and we did, and it just took longer than we... Uh, had anticipated because we had several companies that wanted to do business with us, and so we waited. You know, you have to go to their timeline then. So, you know, present us, a, make us a proposal or whatever. Uh, my manager Barry Bloom did, and uh, but nonetheless, that was the deal. There. So we had the reason I left was I didn't feel comfortable in the environment. Uh, I wasn't. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't a. Uh, I didn't embrace the leadership of, uh, of Podcast One, <clears throat> and I thought that, uh, you know, it's time to reevaluate and, and, and try to get better. And so going to Westwood One, they are owned by Cumulus Broadcasting. Now, a lot of people don't know who Cumulus is because it's a corporate name, but they own 450-something radio stations in America. Yeah. So they're huge. Uh, and I am able to utilize those radio when i go to a market like we're going to do a lawler and i are going to do these q a's these sh- stage shows beginning in august and uh jr and the king show so uh every market we go into there's a cluster of cumulus radio stations i'm a part of the family i'm 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 on the team i got a jersey so all of a sudden uh, i have allies now i didn't have before so using cumulus as a uh, promotional arm, promotional muscle is uh, something I haven't had. It's going to make things better all the way around in that regard. And and then the fact that Westwood One also does a lot of sports, and I've actually, uh, there's interest in me doing some sports for them uh, going forward. So it just led to the, the cumulus uh, relationship. Chase just made sense. It's, they're a big company. They want to promote uh, we're doing really well with them. They're good people. You know, uh, I'm going to record my show Wednesday morning in my hotel room with, with my producer. So stuff like that, you know, they take good care of me. They, there's a lot of extra production elements in our show. Uh, so I'm really, it was a good move. And, you know, I wish podcasts were one of the best. You know, I was on Stone Cold's podcast last week. Right. It airs on Podcast One, and I you know, had no issues with them. It's just that I chose to to do business with others, or, or try to, and I think we found a the perfect partner. 
Well, very good. And and with you mentioned the show with Lawler. Now you were among the first to, to uh, pro wrestling personalities to really dive into the whole one man show game. And I guess you'd call this a two man show, maybe. But uh, you said August. What can fans expect? What what's the format going to be for these shows? Well, it's, they're going to be Q and A. So hopefully, it's going to my dream format. Jason is going to have a, a MC or the local media presence that actually was an Attitude Era fan. Uh, or, had, or has a good working knowledge of it. And so the MC is a crucial part of that whole process. Uh, but we're going to do Q&As, and we're not going to vet any questions. We're not going to, you know, censor anybody. Uh, I, I just believe that, look, everything I see online and everything I see in, from various forms of social media, that the Attitude Era is generally considered uh, the most viable, uh, impactful, important era uh, in WWE history, and I, I dare say, uh, with the hopes of not offending anybody, that if it's uh, big in WWE, then it eventually gets big in other companies. Because as the WWE success goes, I believe that others uh, will also be enhanced. So you know, I, I just think it's a uh, the, the format's long overdue. You never had the voices of the Attitude Era together. The Q&A should be golden. Uh, you know, Lawler's got a zillion stories, as do I. We both love the extemporaneous spontaneity of doing a, a Q&A without knowing the questions. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to precondition myself or Jerry. So it'll be a fun, relaxing, uh, should be funnier than hell show. Uh, and we're going to take questions on any topic. But I just figured that because of the Attitude Era uh, marriage between Lawler and I and that brand in that time, that that would be probably a lot of the questions. So in any event, it will be the first time ever that any audience has ever had the opportunity to, to join the voices of the Attitude Era. And let's take a little journey back through that, that era because it seems to be so popular, Jason. At least it still, it still seems to be popular, it seems like. And yeah, absolutely. And are you guys going to just kind of piggyback off of WWE events, or is it more like a tour where you're just going to various cities? We're not. I I did the. I started doing the uh, piggybacking off WWE events probably before anybody, or right at the head of the list. Uh, I know that's what uh, uh, Conrad Thompson and Bruce Pritchard do. Uh, you know, sometimes they send a title of events. There's not room for all those to do that. So I, I, we're looking, Lawler and I are looking at, uh, I think the, August 16th, we're going to be at the Thursday night. We're going to be in uh, Zany's Comedy Club in Nashville. Uh, August 23rd, the following week on a Thursday night, we'll be at Zany's in uh, uh, Rosemont in, near the arena there in Chicagoland. So we're, uh, Thursday nights seem to be good nights for us. We'll probably go midweek, thir- Wednesdays and Thursdays. That'll allow my uh, erstwhile partner to continue being a wrestler on the weekends if right. he wants to. I asked him the other day, I said, how long are you going to do this stuff? God almighty, man. <laughs> he, said, he said, well, I'm going to do it as long as they, I'm going to stop when they quit booking me. That's his answer. I'm going to stop when they quit booking me. So, hey, more power to him, man. We're all w- out there working. We, we did question our sanity one of that 36 hours in a, in a tube going to Saudi Arabia and back. That was a long haul. But nonetheless, uh, midweek's probably going to be our thing. 
Uh, we're looking and maybe doing some stuff at Live Nation. Uh, we have we have a lot of opportunities there, but we want to get out and do a couple of shows and make sure that we like it and we enjoy doing what we do. And how can we make this better? How can we make it a real cool event for wrestling fans? Uh, so I think between the two of us, you know, we've got great name identity. Uh, people know who we are, uh, and and our fan base has never been uh, has never been you know taken care of like. But we can together because we've never been together on a show. We've signed autographs together, but we've never done a show. Uh, so that would be good. So you get a good Q&As, you know, photo ops, autographs, all that good stuff. Uh, and I'm, we're going to make the prices very, uh, you know, affordable. The, the venues are intimate, which we like. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not sure when tickets go on sale, but zanies.com will always have information. And I'll have some information, hopefully, uh, this week on my on my podcast that drops on Wednesday. I'm working on that as we speak. Now, your old pal Mick Foley is uh, doing a show at Mall of America next week, and it's sold out at the uh, comedy club there. Any chance, Jim, we can finally get you up in in, in my neck of the woods? Oh, probably. You know, that's not. I, I let I have a little team that does that. I, I learned, you know, a, a young man named Jordan Ashton who does a lot of stuff in the NHL. Uh, is booking my venues. Barry Bloom is managing the whole all that stuff, and then Raphael Morphy, who used to be with WWE and TNA and other places, yeah. great producer. He's probably he's probably the best guy I know that's not working for WWE uh, in any capacity. That's a high praise, by the way. Uh, but he's he's my road producer. So I've actually got smart in my older age, and I've created a little team. And I, and I have no issues delegating. I don't need to be the star of the show. I don't need to be the one-all, be-all decision-maker. I don't want to do that. And so i got a very confident group, and we communicate well, and I, they like me, and I like them. We respect each other. And, uh, you know, there we go. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know where we're going to go, but I do know that there's a lot of markets that, that – that, well, Jerry and I have no track record in any market because we've never played the markets together. Uh, he's not done many of these these shows either, and I've done a ton of them. But there are markets where I've done a ton of them uh, that I've you know, there are markets I've never played. So, and and Minneapolis is one. And I don't know why I don't want to come to Minneapolis not in the not in winter, but I'd rather come up there. You know, sometimes it, it only seems to last like eight months. This uh, at, you know these days, Jim. Yeah. Jim so no big deal. Yeah. No big deal. So. But yeah, it's a good good idea. You know, I I told uh, our, my booking guys uh, yesterday or day before. I said, you know, you should look at a venue in in Cleveland. You know, now we got Lawler's a major Cleveland fan. You know, I got my boy Brecker Mayfield there as a quarterback. Right. Uh, and uh, I've never played Cleveland, and he's not played Cleveland. So all of a sudden, it becomes a very uh, uh, attractive little proposition, especially if you could play the market and go to a ball game. Yeah, but you've always been good about uh, planning ahead with the uh, sports schedule, no doubt about that. Now, your autobiography, Slobberknocker, is out, and, and I definitely recommend it for everybody. I listened to the audio version, and it was the first time I've actually listened to a book on, on audio and really enjoyed that experience and recommend it for people. Um, if uh, look, it, it ended with only a portion of your story told, so can we expect another installment soon? Oh, absolutely, yeah. We're, we got a... Earlier today, I had a little uh, little sharing of ideas with my uh, 
Paul O'Brien, my writing partner, and uh, who's just phenomenal, and Barry Bloom. Uh, yeah, we're definitely going to write a second book, no doubt. Uh, it's just a matter now. It's, I have the same issues here. It's a good problem to have unless you're impatient, of which I am by and large. <laughs> I have the same issues here that I had with uh, finding a podcast home. We have multiple suitors that want to publish our book, the sequel, because obviously, not because they've become benevolent and they, you know, they've, they've become they're, they're all catalysts. This book is on its fourth printing. It made it's made money, uh, I'm told, and it's selling a hell of a lot of books. And so they all, they all know that how that works. You know, they they get their they get their intel from each other. So our, we have a hot book that's sold it's in its fourth printing, and uh, so yeah, there's there's some there's competition out there for that, which is a good deal for us, quite frankly. So that's kind of where I am on that deal. Once the deal gets done, but we we. Uh, it's going to start, our book will resume in 1999, and it will take us through the current time. So everything has happened in professionally and personally for me of, of, high level, of high level means will be included. And, you know, that includes the Attitude Era, you know, the XFL, public company going public, you know, me going to SmackDown, uh, me getting let go again. Uh, the XFL back when it started, the original XFL, uh, you know, my going off on my own thing and making a decision between Stanford and LaGuardia to, you're going to retire, JR, you're going to reinvent. Well, the answer was very simple. I took about that long. I'm reinventing. I ain't retiring to do nothing. I'm not retiring now. I have no desire in my life to retire. And I know that may be counterproductive to the quote-unquote American way, but if I retire to do what? Everything I do is fun. Uh, my work at WWE, as as, uh, uh, as infrequent as it may be, is still fun projects. I'm glad to be back in the, in the fold, and I want to do more work for WWE. Uh, my work with uh, with Access TV, and people get this screwed up all the time. They got they think I work for New Japan. I do not. Right. I work for the network, and the network hires Josh Barnett and I to voice over the New Japan shows and to voice over the uh, shows that they do here live. Well, the next one's coming up, I think, uh, July 7th in the Cow Palace in Frisco. So I'm, uh, I'm uh, you know, all these projects that I do, it's like, if you like me saying, well, JR, you know, you got this Oklahoma University football beat, you do a blog, when are you going to retire? Are you kidding me? I, I, get, I mean, I'm going to be able to make some money and do something for going to an OU game? Yeah, you'd basically be retiring from having fun. Yeah, and that's why I look at my life, is that I'm at the point in my life where I'm very, very fortunate in a lot of ways. Uh, after a very challenging 2017. Yeah. To whereby I am not engaging in any projects that don't, that I don't, I'm not contracted to do. In other words, I'm not taking new projects on that seem like it'd be a pain in the ass to do, but there's money in it. I've passed that. And that may be sinful to say, but I'm not going to sell myself out for a payday to do a project that I'm not, I don't enjoy. So uh, I just decided to reinvent, and uh, all this that went with that is pretty cool. And and uh, so, and my wife's uh, untimely death will be covered, unfortunately, part of the story. And uh, so Italy has some compelling 
compelling information. Yeah, and absolutely. I think it'll be a very interesting book. For sure. So we hope, so the goal would be, Jason, long story short, uh, the goal would be, ideally, uh, the holiday season of 2019. Oh, very cool. So really kind of just around the corner. I mean, you, I mean it doesn't seem that far off. Um Look, I- hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One of the questions I get on a regular, I don't even know how else to put it, Jim. You mentioned Jan's passing. And the most common question is, how is Jim doing? So how are you doing with this, Jim? Good. You know, uh, I'm fine, basically. Uh, some days are better than others. Such as life. Yeah. Uh, I don't need a I don't need a, a telethon or a, a or a benefit by any stretch. So she left me in good shape in that regard, uh, quite honestly. But you know she'll, she's irreplaceable. So once you once you assume and you accept, more importantly, that your life partner is irreplaceable, so don't try to replace her. So if I may have a relationship somewhere down the road, you know, hopefully I will. You know, I'm a, I'm a red-blooded American man, and I'm healthy and, and uh, somewhat sane, and I enjoy the companionship. But, you know, if, but if that happens, it happens. I'm, I'm not actively seeking this situation. Uh, I met Jan, you know, she and I, she was on a, she was a U.S. Airways flight attendant in first class, and the only two people in school to be playing first class was Rick Flair and I. So uh, we got to know each other quite well in that flight and laughing and telling jokes and stuff. And so I didn't have any, that was a happenstance. So I'm counting on happenstance uh, happening again. And uh, we'll see, but she'll never be replaced. So I just, I've come to realization along the way that just stop trying to find somebody that's her. Right. They're, they're not there. They're not there. And that's okay. So I, I'm doing fine. You know, my family's, my kids have been good. My granddaughters are, you know, paying more attention to grandpa nowadays, it seems like, which is cool. And, you know, I, I, I'm doing a lot of things here in Norman. I'm doing a lot more charity work uh, that I have I didn't do before. Locally, I'm doing some charity work that I enjoy doing. Uh, Norman uh, Boys and Girls Clubs, uh, Sooners Helping Sooners, which basically is uh, guys that are uh, helping uh, the former players who can't find work. You know, in other words, all those years they were told to go to class and get a degree, and they th- they, ha- they had a better plan. Now they're looking for work. Hmm. And and I don't feel like one to, their punishment should be listening to me lecture them. Uh, 
their punishments realizing their missteps. Uh, but what they got to focus on are the good things ahead of them, and and uh, you know being able to contribute to a new team, so to speak. So I'm, I'm volunteering for that and give them some money here, there, and yon. And so I'm doing things that make me feel good. I'm working on projects. Like I'm going to L.A. this week. You know, first-class treatment by Mark Cuban's company. I love them. Uh, they treat me like family, and they, I'm, I'm coveted there, which is great at my age, my part of my career, to feel coveted. Uh, and uh, so I'll go out there and call five shows this week and uh, come home uh, Thursday night. So, you know, two nights in L.A. hotel and nice flight and see my friends and have a nice dinner or two. And, you know, it's just a fun thing for me. It's kind of – I go there once a month, and I love it. So – and if I stop doing things you love, this my, I guess it's my question about retiring. If I had – I don't play golf. That would be funny. I may start. <laughs> I don't fish or hunt. Don't anything against it. But I, uh, I just think that – the things I do are, are like a hobby, you know, and I, so to speak, it's a hobby in the sense that I get fun, I get enjoyment out of it. It doesn't feel like a job. Hell, going to Saudi Arabia didn't feel like a job. It was a whole long trip, but it didn't feel like a job, like, oh, my God, what am I doing? It's, oh, God, I ate them here. Oh, it's me. We're, we're, you know, God, stop it. So I, I just, uh, but I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Hey, I hear songs on the radio that make me cry. I've never done that before. It's kind of embarrassing because I, that's why I wear sunglasses a lot. But, uh, you know, it, it, her memory strikes me at the craziest times, the craziest places. Uh, and so she's there. And so I just, uh, and our house hasn't changed one bit since she died. Hmm. And I, I look around it right now, and I got everything's hanging on the walls. She hung there, all the decorations she did. So it's uh, that's challenging to be in this house sometimes when I'm really feeling down. And you know, I spent uh, I spent Christmas Day by myself. Didn't have a problem with that, but honestly, I'm not asked to tell me that for for sympathy. I didn't need any sympathy. I watched Christmas with the Duke on television all day and had a hell of a good day. <laughs> You know, and, and when you get kids that are grown, you got to remember when they're grown and married, they got they got two families. Right. And like my two daughters, both they're, I'm divorced from both their moms in my crazy early wrestling years. So uh, they have families; they have obligations too. So it's not a killer that you don't spend. The, you know, I didn't spend every waking moment with my kids on Christmas. We certainly saw each other over the holidays, uh, well, communicating a lot, but. You can do a lot of things, Jason, if you have to. And I have to. And right now, I have to survive, and I have to. I have to maintain sanity, and I want to have a level of happiness. And the only thing that her death has cr- created a huge awareness for me is I don't choose now to dis- to associate with people that are negative, and they they live their life in a in a just a a piss poor attitude. Hmm. I don't. If I don't have to deal with them. I choose not to. And so some of my buddies, hey, you can call me in a while. Yeah, I want to say, well, the reason is you bitch all the time. There's always something wrong. Yeah. And how the hell, I don't need to pack your damn baggage in my in my truck and drive forward with it. Are you kidding? So anyhow, that's, but I'm doing good. I'm glad you asked. I appreciate it. And look, social media can be a, a, a blessing or a curse, as we both know. But there's a lot of times when I, that was really uh, amazing, the, the outpouring of support that I have. 
during her situation and, and now to this very day. So uh, I'm, I'm a lucky guy. So I choose to focus on that as opposed to focus on, you know, my wife got killed by a 17-year-old kid who, 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 was, who was adjudicated and out, out of the system in 10 months. God, that's stunning. It's insanity. It's all because he's a minor. So, you know, I've heard that shit so many times, man, I just get sick of it. Yeah. Well, you know, we can't, that he's a minor. I asked him what kind of community service he did. He said, well, we can't tell you because. I said, let me finish. Let me tell you. Because he's a minor, right? Well, yes. <laughs> it's like, stop it. So, anyhow. Hey, here's the deal, man. If, if there are parents listening or you're a millennial, uh, you, you get it. Uh, the only way a kid nowadays can be punished is to take their telephone their smart device, devices, and their car keys away from them. That's all that resonates. All that resonates. So this kid that killed my wife didn't get any punishment, in my view. Yeah, I, I was stunned when that ruling came down. Um, I, I know, no easy way to transition, but let's talk about something a little more uplifting here. You, you've talked about working for Access and, and calling New Japan. Like, a, even a decade ago, would you have ever imagined that you would work for WWE and another company? I mean, granted, you're working for Access, not New Japan, as you said, but still, you're calling New Japan. You're, you're doing both of these simultaneously. Things have really changed. Here's the thing. Uh, I had uh, I had an access, the access TV contract was in place when Vince offered me a new deal, and uh, I signed a two year deal a little over, uh, not quite two years ago. I'm on the second year of my WWE commitment, and fully expect as do they that I will be under contract to them till I I'm gone. Yeah, that's what we discussed, and I. I'm so thankful for that. It's not the matter of just the, num the numerical amount of what you're getting paid. It's knowing that you're wanted, that you're respected, you're, that you're recognized as a part of someone that made significant con contributions to the foundation of this WWE corporate brand. So uh, that's really uh, enlightening and, and heartfelt for me. Uh, but when I when Vince offered me the contract, I was already under contract to to Access TV, and he he, he didn't care. Uh, and then when my contract with Access TV came up uh, that later that year, I think it may be December, maybe uh, the discussion was well, you know, Access was concerned; they wanted me to stay and do their voiceovers, and they liked my work and. Uh, they like being around me and, and vice versa, all that good stuff. It's a good marriage. So I told WWE, I said, well, it's going you know, to cost me a, a nifty uh, six-figure-plus gig. Now, if you guys are willing to pay the six-figure gig, uh, make a difference, but, but do you really have to? And so Vince made the decision, no, we don't have to. But JR is going to continue to do his work for these folks. It keeps him sharp, gives him something to do, and he said, you know, by God, it makes him some money. We're going to use him when we can and where we, where we think he's the best fit at this stage of the game, and we're willing to pay him X. So all of a sudden, uh, Vince blesses the, the access. I renewed the access TV deal with Vince McMahon's blessing. So I, I, I to, to answer your question, hell no, I don't didn't expect, wouldn't expect this. 
it's just a change in the landscape, change in how business is looked at. As the business is changing, as the world of our, our wrestling changes, uh, we all can see uh, those changes because they're, they're generally in our face on, because we're all prisoners of our devices. You know, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all that stuff. Websites. You make a living doing this. And, and I'm proud to say I'm happy you do. It's a way that people can make a living in wrestling and not be a wrestler. Everybody can't do that. Everybody doesn't look good in tights, me, me included. <laughs> I'm out. So, uh, yeah, I, I was shocked, man. I would have never dreamed it at all. Never dreamed But I'm very blessed that I had the, that kind of relationship with Vince and uh, the confidence from Access TV that we were able to get things worked out. So, all good stuff, man. I was, I mean, I, I, for, for what started out as a, such a crappy 2017 with Jan's passing, uh, good things started evolving from it. You know, I got another W, the WD deal was very positive. The a new Access TV deal, which was really nice. And uh, so I'm, I'm lucky now that, you know, Lawler and I, are, I think we've both come to the realization, whether we want to admit it or not, Jason, we're both on the back nine of life. Statistically speaking, sure. And if we're ever going to do these shows, and let's do it now because he, you know, Jerry's already survived a heart attack and a stroke, and I don't know how many times he can continue to, uh, you know, pass go on this thing. We don't know. Nobody knows. Right now, he's in great health. Thank God. But so we thought, well, we better get on this project if we really want to do it, and we both really wanted to do it. We entertain each other. We entertained each other on the plane ride to Saudi Arabia. We sat beside each other. <laughs> you know, it's just we're, we're, we're connecting that way. We could be separated for a year and sit back down at a table and never miss a beat. I really believe that. He indicated at one point prior to the Greatest Royal Rumble, which I know, by the way, you discussed in your podcast. So, and I had Sean Devari on last week. We talked a lot about it. So, but I definitely want to tell people check out Jr.'s podcast to hear all about his experience in Saudi Arabia. But um, one question I had about this is, like, he indicated that you guys were going to call the show at one point. Was he misunderstood, or was there a change in plans, as often does happen in WWE? I don't think change in plans. I think he misunderstood. They basically said the event was called the Greatest Royal Rumble. And so that was kind of the buzzword used in, in describing the event. It wasn't pound uh, W, you know, RR or whatever the hell, uh, or WGR, whatever the shit, whatever. Uh, it wasn't that. So I think what happened was is he found out that events wanted he and I to be a part of the commentary team at the greatest Royal rumble, meaning the event, not the match. That's how I, it came back to me. So, uh, and I was, Hey, I, I was fine with that. I, I passed that man. I mean, too many people made too big a deal over what J.R. and King did or didn't do. And I didn't help myself in that case. I said, well, I worked an hour. <laughs> I, I flew, I was in an airplane for 35, 36 hours. I had eight hours in a bed from Wednesday to Saturday. And it was a grueling, grueling travel. I ain't going to lie about that. Yeah. When I got there, I had, I, now, there was a day where I, 
would be pissed off and, and my ego had been bruised and I'd been angry and frustrated. Every negative emotion that I could create for myself, I would have, I would have created because I didn't get to call the match I wanted or a match at all. And I got paid. I got to go on the first trip ever to Saudi. It was a, it was a place I'd never been, and I got to start looking for those now because I've been almost everywhere. Sure, it. yeah. So it was a new, it was a cool trip in that regard. So I didn't really care what I did when I got there. All I know. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, was I got? I was a little traveling squad. We traveled, and we saw all of our buddies there at the hotel. Great hotel, great food. And uh, they said, well, you're going to do the uh, pregame show and the and the intermission, which basically was to, to uh, fill time during the, the prayer. Right. And so I said, hey, no problem. What do you need? Whatever you need, I'm here. So that's kind of how we worked. Now, would it, would it have been a good opportunity for all or not to call one match? Sure. Of course it would. You can't argue that unless it's just believed that, uh, you know, the there's a reason for leaving the three guys that called it, Cole and uh, Byron and Gray's, and not not inter, interrupting their timing or whatever. I, I'd like to think it's not because that, and I, I'm, I know it's not. Why would he hire us? Vince, not, Vince and, uh, believes that, well, maybe JR and the King can't get it done anymore. I, I'd like for him to believe that so I could challenge him on that and see if he'd give me a, a shot to prove him wrong, because we will prove him wrong. But I don't believe he believes that way. I think it's really the other announcers have influence on who works. Uh, the other announcers don't want to get their, inter- their rhythm interrupted. You know, I was loving doing the uh, uh, NXT TakeOver events, but, you know, I don't need to be the fourth guy on a, on a, at a table. Yeah. Nobody needs to be the fourth guy at a table. And that's kind of what I was uh, – so, you know, I, I, our best stuff can be done, but uh, we need to be in the right environment. And, and the other things people say, well, how come it's – you know, it would it be the same as the Attitude Era. So, well, you give, me the, give me the Attitude Era talents in their heyday like they were then, and it might. But, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole factor about wrestlers making music and announcers creating the lyric. And sometimes the music that we hear these days is a little bit more challenging to come up with that catchy little lyric than uh, it used to be. What is your relationship like with Vince these days? So like, when you go to a trip like Saudi Arabia, or just, I guess that's kind of a, a special circumstance, but when you are at a WWE event, do you guys spend any time together? No, not much. We always communicate. Look, I communicate with Vince every week, and, and, he, and he with me. Uh, I, it's funny, I got a call from him the other day. Where the hell was I? I was in Las Vegas at the Colorado Club. <clears throat> and he called me. 
and I guess I, I think I think I sent him a text. Somehow or another, I butt dialed him, <clears throat> and he says, uh, you know, he said I wanted to return your call. I said, I bet you butt dialed me, didn't you? And I said, I think I did. <laughs> he said, you know how that makes me feel? I said, that I have you have you on my ass. <laughs> he laughed. You know, I said I probably did. I apologize. Well, I want to call you back. Now, here's the, that, that's the bottom line of this whole deal. He called me back unsolicited in that respect. I didn't call him intentionally. I didn't have any business to talk to him about. And here he calls me back just to see what's, what I'm thinking or what I want to talk to him about. That don't happen a lot in a lot of big companies, right. to be honest. So it's an, it's an answer to your question. We get on great. We don't, we've never always philosophically agreed on things in within our genre, but more often than not, we have. And you know, he's the kind of, he's the guy that let me hire those talents without vetting any of them. I can't remember him going over anything other than he he was hesitant on Mick Foley, uh, and there's somebody. Oh, William Regal, we met with, and that didn't go well. Thank God he's he's healthy now. And, uh, Celebrating a birthday this week, so happy birthday, William Regal. What a great guy. I love him. Yeah. Uh, good dude, man. So my relationship with Vince is good. You know, I just, he acknowledges my contributions. He appreciates my feedback. And there's not, it's not uh, too many weeks go by that we don't exchange multiple text messages during Raw, for example, or pay-per-view. And they're little observations I have that I should have in my experience and my, in my skill set. And he's paying me. So I feel I owe him as much as I can produce for him. And if that's feedback, even if he doesn't use it, that's not the purpose of giving feedback. The purpose of giving feedback is that people know how you feel about a certain item or matter, not that you're soliciting the feedback only to get them to do it your way. That's the wrong attitude, by view. So that's kind of where I am with him. He's 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 good, man. He's you know he was uh, he was so uh, over. Uh, gosh, I don't know. He took care of me really, really good during when Jan situation arose. And just was a good dude, man, and, and took in that. And I know he didn't like to hear that. And he, and he, that's not the image he quote-unquote projects and you know, all that Mr. McMahon stuff. But we get along good. And I think at our age, both of us getting older, it's been a real, we bonded a lot better. So I think he's had, I think Vince's plans would have me around for as long as I'm alive. And I hope that that's true. That's, my, that's how I feel. I want to be a part of this team for, forever. I help build a brand. And I'm not going to run from my, that success and those achievements. I want to be a part of the future of it. I want to be more involved in Performance Center. I want to be more involved in mentoring kids, young people. They need it so badly. And just remember this. A lot of the guys that are mentoring the kids didn't have good mentors. So they're trying to catch up on how to be one. I, I applaud that. But I still think that experience in my t- tenure can offer something to these uh, young develop these uh, young developmental kids uh, in the performance center. Something that is hard to replicate, simply because of the journey I've been on. And I started out with nothing, wrestling fan territory, twenty five dollars a day, you know, all that crap. Uh, 
but that's I think I could help them. And uh, look, my my day my my day's done. I'm not doing raw anymore. J.R. and the King are never doing raw again on a full time basis. I promise you. Unless they do it in Norman, <laughs> they want to bring the show to Norman every Monday night. I might I, I could be very interested because I got to go through TSA and get on another damn airplane. I don't think so. Well, so you, I, I, I want to do, work the special assignments and do the things they want me to do and uh, and go from there. You know, just whatever that is. And they're growing so damn ex- exponentially. And, hey, if they said, we want to book you back in uh, Saudi in November, okay. What football game am I missing? I'll let you know. <laughs> right. Now, now, you were head of talent relations for so many years, and, and, and with Paul Levesque, Triple H, playing – a similar role today, you know, in, in terms of uh, you know, what he does with NXT and, and just everything else overseeing the roster. Does he lean on you for a lot of advice? No, uh, he he doesn't. He doesn't lean on me. He accepts it uh, when I have something I believe is tangible to offer him. He's very willing to read, listen, and react. But does he expect a text or two? During Raw, no. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't have a rhythm on this deal. I, I have to see something that moves me, yay or nay, before I'm going to send any feedback in. If it's business as usual, I don't need to report on business as usual. I need to report on things that I didn't think clicked, but more importantly, I need to report on things I thought that may work. So uh, no, he's. But he. Uh, when I see now, when I do see Paul. At the live at the events I, I work, uh, it's always a, a a little huddle. You know, we 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 catch up. And what do you you know? He asks you questions there, but he's a he respects my opinion. Hey, look, I hired him. Right. You know, I I I, I signed his first million dollar deal, sitting on an ammo case in Evansville, Indiana. Uh, I have, I have great respect for Paul, and Paul was what the WWE needs. And I believe that he'll be the, when Vince's uh, time concludes, that he will be uh, the Paul's a guy. And that, that and the leader will have great product knowledge. It's imperative that the, whoever leads WWE into the future have a unyielding work ethic, all la Vince, and have a seasoned view of the business. And uh, I, I think that's he, he possesses both those things. He, he's a workhorse, and he understands the business. And he's become a good communicator. And he said, "Look at the look at the performance center. Look at the talents that have come through there." Hey, look, you can't say, "Well, but they were yeah, but they were misused when they got to the w, the main roster." I don't give a shit. What do we care? How do we change it? We don't. Now, in your world. I'm not saying you specifically, Jason, but it controversy does create cash, as Eric would say. And I understand getting clicks and traffic and all that. I get it, and I'm for it. But you know, the the, the thing about it is the, the the performance center as it's structured is a, is a is a lifeline to the future for the WWE, and that was created on uh, the company's money and Paul Levesque's vision. So. Uh, yeah, he's 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 excellent. I, I I really enjoy talking to him about wrestling. To be honest with you, how much has he changed over the years from from the guy you knew as a wrestler to the guy that is an executive today? Well, he's 
like any of us, you get a little more mature. Uh, you're more guarded on what you say. You're more aware of how you conduct yourself. Uh, you're more uh, alert of your comportment, how you look, how you carry yourself, as I mentioned. Uh, you know, he's just, he's become a more refined uh, boardroom guy. You know, he always had good communication skills with the, with the talent. Uh, he was, when I had issues with uh, DX, and brother, I did sometimes. <laughs> I had him. And when I couldn't get, you know, my, when my friend Kevin Nash didn't want to listen to me or, or me, him, I had Paul. When Sean was, didn't want to talk to anybody, I had Paul. So he was always showed that ability to communicate with in any circle and be successful at it. So I, he's a, those kids, are, you know, this is going to sound like a really, really ass kiss, and, and I'm not. It may sound this way, but I see leadership in a lot of wrestling companies being a little bit iffy. Uh, you wonder about what the genders really are. Why are they there? How did this happen? And the talents that work in the performance center, which is your route through at the toll gate getting to the big time, is uh, you're in wonderful hands. I mean, he's the real thing. So I would love to be a young like that, for any reason, to be young. Uh, but I would like to be, I'd love to work for him as a young kid. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to be treated right. You're going to learn some old school principles and, and uh, things that you must take with you, which goes even beyond uh, wiping your feet on the mat before you get in the ring. But all those type things you need to know and why they're important. And I and I think Matt Bloom was another real good hire for, for uh, Paul because, you know, I hired both those guys. I remember interviewing Matt Bloom with Vince, one of the few ones, that we were going to make uh, Matt Bloom a, a George the Animal Steel character. Hmm. With George Daniel Steele at ringside. Uh, you know, I love Matt from his day one. I, his nickname is Eight and Three Eights. That's the size football helmet he wore. Eight and Three Eights, folks. Wow. That's a head now. Uh, so he's done a phenomenal job of being the head coach down there. Really proud of him, too. So it's a good group, man. And so, but what it comes back to when we read about wrestling and the negativities of wrestling is uh, creative. Well, those do double low blows, I didn't like that. Now, this, this match should have gone on last. And this match, there's things that can easily be uh, remedied, but they're not necessarily, you're not necessarily automatically right when you say them. It's a lot of subjective stuff. Does that make any sense to you? It does, absolutely. And so that's what is more, seems to me, and I might be dead wrong too, more topical of what we read online is about, you know these folks that are that are more concerned about that type stuff than bigger picture items like I am in this regard. Well, we've made it this far without talking about well the biggest talker in pro wrestling today and pretty much most days over the last several years. What's your take on this ongoing quest to make Roman Reigns the top babyface? Yeah, I don't know. I, I have invested nearly as much time in it as. People probably think I should. Uh, I really kind of nonplussed, to be honest with you. I don't have a great answer for you. Because uh, the polarization of this topic uh, lends to, you know, there's going to be a large percentage that no matter what I would say would, would, would damn it. And I've already been damned last week for saying that I didn't think the women who did not get booked 
that Saudi Arabia should be paid for the trip. I, I said that. I believe that. I and nobody's a bigger advocate of women's athletics and women in wrestling than me, I promise you. Look back at the roster I hired. And when women were the moolahs of the world until it changed. And look at what we hired in that attitude era. Right. Beautiful women that were athletic. Hmm. Where'd that come from? Beautiful athletic women. Strong in personality. And driven. Well, you could, you could describe the attitude era locker room. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A women. It certainly fits in today's locker room. So, uh, you know, I had a guy said, well, I hope you have another stroke. Or I hope you, oh, hope you, you, look, like, you look like you're dying. Uh... And then something about uh, what did the guy say to me about you're, I know one thing: you're either drunk or you're stoned. And the picture we took in in, uh, in Saudi. How ironic that statement is! It's just beyond hilarious. Ain't too many people gonna get drunk or stoned in Saudi Arabia, pal. <laughs> Trust me, of which I speak. So uh, I, I just don't make a big deal out of it. The people are going to decide what they're going to do as it relates to either being a fan of Romans or actually being letting pursuing him as a villain and booing him. There's so many defiant fans that if he did turn heel, they're going to cheer him anyway to go against the grain. Guarantee you. You know, I don't know, though, Jim, because I, I would have thought the same thing when CM Punk turned heel. And you go back and listen to the reactions that he and Paul Heyman received together, and it was... At least ninety percent fans booing him, and he was you know, certainly one of the most popular internet guys, if you will, that there was. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> I Punk kicked out a different demeanor than Roman. Roman is still got to learn to relax and let the the beast in him come out uh, and and not, and stay in that character. Uh, and show more, uh, uh, you know, piss and vinegar, because he's got it. Hey, he was a big-time nose guard at, at Georgia Tech. He knows yeah. how to be violent. Tell him. And he's Samoan. Not that all Samoans are violent, but they have been known to be very aggressive. Okay? So uh, so I, I think he would be... I think... I, I, may be, I, I may be wrong about that. Maybe you're right, but I just don't lose a lot of sleep. I don't sleep, not a good term, but I don't... I don't I don't, I don't know, Jason. It bother me. Uh, you know, uh, it comes back down to finishes and and execution of those finishes is a, is a bigger issue than is he going to theoretically be considered or labeled as a babyface or a heel. I don't know. I I think uh, he right now would be a better, either a real rugged babyface uh, leaning on the more heel tendencies, but none of these guys look like heels anyway. Tell me one heel. Tell me, tell me five heels in the entire business that work like heels. Do they cheat? Do they lie? Do they take unfair, do unfair advantages? To get, do they do things to gain an unfair advantage? 
are there any socially, uh, if there's socially redeeming qualities and that are prominent in a quote unquote villain, then he ain't a villain. In my view, you have to base your assumptions on this creative, on basic human nature. So, unless you give me a reason to not like Roman, other than I'm tired of his push, I ain't buying it. Well, I can't tell you why I dislike certain music, for instance, but I just do. And it does seem like, you know, whatever the reason is, the fans are rejecting this. I, I have... I strongly believe that he could be so successful as a top heel and help make other baby faces along the way. But I guess with why do you? I mean, why is it that Vince, in your mind, is is just so hell bent on this? Why hasn't he pulled the trigger on a heel turn? Simply because Vince believes in his instincts, and he believes he's going the right way with this deal. In the long haul, and in the big picture. He'll be right at the end of the, at the end of the, at the end of the race. He'll be where he wants to be. And hey, look, he can be proven wrong, and and that one way or the other will happen. He will be proven wrong, and Roman will be reprioritized, repositioned, uh, or he will Vince will be proven right, and Roman will become the 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 face of the, of the franchise. To me, the face of the WWE by WrestleMania 2019 will be Braun Strowman. And I would not hurry him whatsoever. He would not be the champion this year. He still needs to grow and evolve in his role, leadership, closing a deal. He's had a couple of three. That, that shoulder tackle he does uh, running around the ring, the first thing about him is most wrestlers can't run very well. They run in little bitty steps, and they're awkward looking, and, most, and a lot of them uh, are, are not mainstream sports athletes. He was a real good high school football player. He's a North Carolina kid. And he is big country. What do you talk to him? And uh, I just, uh, uh, he's, a, he's my kind of guy. Yeah. I would, if I was back in the, that world, uh, he, he would be one that I would gravitate to to make sure he wasn't stepping on his feet, shooting his feet, whatever. You know, I he's got it. He just needs to be brought along and and uh, uh, and to where he can process everything that's being thrown at him. And a lot of that don't happen in a ring. Well, he works pretty good. He had a great match. Now, you missed the point. How long is the damn match? 20 minutes? Okay, what's the rest of the day? 23 hours and 40 minutes? Sure. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, uh, I think he's the guy. But I don't, you know, that's just believes in his instincts. And, and I'll tell you this, uh, unabashedly, He's, his instincts have made me a lot of money, and I really, really uh, value that. So I, I just don't, I just don't perceive it to be as big a deal as everybody. But for your role, your job, I get it. People want to talk about it. People want to hear about it. And you are in a business to provide what your your constituency will purchase or or will, will assume from you. I get that. I, I'm sure in my mailbag this week, I'll ask some questions about Roman Reigns, and I may feel one of them, because they're all basically the same. <laughs> right. They're basically what you ask me. What's the, what are they waiting on? So uh, and I think he could very easily, hey, he could beat the shit out of Daniel Bryan, he'd be a heel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Beat the shit out of Seth Rollins, leave him laying, he'd be a heel. There's ways to do it. It's not an, in, it's not an imaginable unimaginable solution. There's plenty of solutions. 
But I can see the defiance of the audience, the, the world we live in, which I can't say is I'm overwhelmingly embracing at times. Uh, but I, I, I just think that we're making a lot of it, and I, and I understand why you do, because you have to. I get it. But I think it'll all work out in time. I really do. I, I'm just not, I can't affect it in my world. So I don't really consume myself with much of it. Other than when somebody asks me a question, I'll give them an answer. But I think it'll all work out in time, and uh, I just think that there's still great belief that he's going to be your guy uh, as a baby face. I believe the guy has already been chosen and selected by the fans, and they're just hanging around waiting. And as long as the, the journey isn't rushed, uh, that Braun Strowman will be your guy uh, come WrestleMania in New York. Hey gang, it takes a lot of time and effort to produce a show like this, and one way you can support ProWrestling.net is by becoming a member at PWMembership.net. However, there's also an easy and free way to do so. Think of us when you shop at Amazon by simply starting your Amazon shopping at ProWrestling.net slash Amazon. You're not charged any extra, but we receive a small and very helpful commission on what you purchase. A big thanks to everyone who has helped out so far. Remember, that's ProWrestling.net slash Amazon. Another big topic of conversation is that WWE executives said last week that the television rights deal will be announced, could be could be now. <laughs> they actually said that anytime between now and September, uh, we saw UFC media rights go to ESPN today. Their, their television deal is still kind of up in the air. But where do you think WWE lands? Well, I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen any of the offers. Uh, I know personally that uh, my friends at Fox are very interested. Yeah. Uh, and look, I, I, I can promise you that they'll make a great decision. I, I can promise you that the stock price is going to go crazy up. Uh, they're going to, they have a very valuable property in as much as they can do. They, they can provide content, uh, in a variety of ways and, 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 and with most importantly being live, uh, you know, raw would be great. I think on big Fox. I can sort of see SmackDown doing well on FS1. And helping FS1 quite a bit, too. Yeah, and then all the little ancillary programs that they can collaborate on, much like they've done with USC uh, on FS1 or something that could be considered. All the promotional considerations and the, and the crossover with the NFL is a moneymaker. So I think it seems to me that synergy with Fox is what you're looking for. But I, I don't know all the minute details. And nor do I have a hard-on with USA. I don't care. Uh, they're, they're a great product, great property, and uh, uh, it, it's really a, 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 hell of a hell of a gift for somebody. But I kind of think Fox is going to be really uh, uh, at the top of the hunt here uh, on trying to close the deal. And something tells me that it's mid-May... They disenjoined for a while. Maybe it's something about the negotiation with the USA. I'm not sure. I don't know. But I think that the Fox and those guys will probably re-engage WWE in, a, in the next week or 10 days. Uh, it was this ongoing negotiation. And they may come to a conclusion and, and get her done. I do not see it being on multiple networks. I think one network uh, is your answer. And one network has several platforms, and Fox fits that bill.
everybody knows, you talked about earlier, you're a huge fan of the Oklahoma Sooners, and uh, we have limited time left here. I want to give you a chance to talk about your guy, Baker Mayfield. I heard you talk about him on the podcast last week. Um, how do you think he's going to do in Cleveland? How long until he's ready to take the reins from Tyrod Taylor? Well, you know, I think he'll start day one, but he may not. He may play by play behind Tyrod and learn some stuff, which don't going to hurt him either. Well, he's just a good kid. You know, I wrote, a, I had a story that kind of went national the last couple of three days about uh, Baker and my pregame rituals after uh, my wife got killed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, him hugging me in every game. Hug, I got your back, Jr. I love you. I mean, he's a, he's a starting quarterback for a major college big-time football team, warming up. And I stand off the field at the end of the end zone, and he sees me like that black hat on is kind of a beacon. And, you know, he's, I, and maybe it's good luck for him. I don't know. Maybe it's superstition. I don't know. But <laughs> indirectly, he helped me get through my some grieving because I knew this kid cared about my situation. And he showed me that's important for us that are grieving about something to know that others that are important to your life, for whatever reason it may be, know that you're in, a, you're in a dilemma. And they're willing to help you. It's not the fact they do help you, other than spiritually or, or emotionally, but it's the fact that they offer to help you. So you know somebody's got your back. And us having our back, others' backs is a key thing, hence the mentoring concept I, I'm so strong on right now. So, And by the way, on the TV deal, you know, I ain't got no idea where WWE's going. I really don't. They may stay fat and get more money. Heck, who knows? But I just look at the Fox thing. I know many Fox executives who happen to be major fans of the genre of pro wrestling. And therefore, if you're a fan of the genre, you're generally got WWE prominently on your radar somewhere. So, uh, but, you know, I, I know they, wrestling is not looked down upon there, nor is it looked at as a redheaded stepchild that you put in the barn when a company comes over. You know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a good group. So Even Colin we'll Coward likes it now. What's that? Even Colin Coward likes it now. He, hey, he had me on his show. He did. And, and it would have been about to come back any time. So, uh, and I'm sure I will this fall. So that's a, that's a cool thing. Yeah, they, hey, Colin's a worker. Colin will be a great heel manager. Yes, he would. Yeah, Colin Coward is a he, he, he's everything you want in a villain if you're a wrestling fan. And he understands that. He's not a, he's no idiot. Uh, and so he under, he plays the role. He's cast himself in his own role and he's perfect at it. So I, I, uh, I enjoy his stuff, uh, even though I don't agree with him all the time whatsoever, but, uh, but I, I, I'm stimulated by his conversation. And that's what I'm trying to do on my podcast. Look, I've given more opinions than I gave you before. I'm giving out Pickham Goofy Award every, last week was Carmelo Anthony. Right. Cause he didn't want, he's making 24 million, don't want, don't want to play the, Come off the bench as a six man for the Thunder. Are you kidding me? Stop it. Twenty four million. Are you that? He just shows amazing ignorance by saying that. Twenty four million dollars, Jason. Twenty four mil. You're your late thirties. You don't play defense and you don't want to rebound, but you got to start. Why do you have to start? Because it's more about you, Carmelo, than it is about your team. And who's paying you? That's wrong. So 
I do a lot of stuff like that. I, in my opinions last week, when the lady's not getting paid, they look, I'm, I just say, right, I give an opinion. But what I didn't do until the, the little, uh, the piss entry of the, these, some of these little punks that said, well, I hope you die, or you don't understand, or equality for all, or, you know, you're a racist, or whatever. God, are you kidding me? So, anyhow, I, uh, you just, you'd live and die with it, you know. But I'm gonna, my show's gonna continue to be controversial. And I'm going to continue to say what's on my mind, and I'm going to continue to cover all the wrestling uh, organizations that, that will give me some information. It's funny to me that you, I'm willing to help any promotion with an event or whatever, and all they got to do is send me the information. And some of them, that's too much to ask for. Hmm. So, it's silly, right? So anyway, I, it's all good, though, man. Life's good, and I appreciate being on with you today, and... and uh, I'm glad your adventures are going well. You're one of the most respected journalists in the game. And I enjoy talking with you, and I enjoy reading your stuff. Uh, I'm a regular on ProWrestling.net. If there's a day goes by, I don't log on. It's very, very rare. Well, I always appreciate it. Very kind words. And uh, I've got to let you go because I know you have to get to Los Angeles. We don't want Barnett having to call and do both play-by-play and color. I don't know how he would do in that. So, Jim, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, Jason. You bet, buddy. Have a great day and a wonderful weekend. A huge thanks to the legendary Jim Ross. Follow him on Twitter at JRSBBQ. Check out the Ross Report podcast at Westwood One. Pick up some of that delicious barbecue sauce at WWE Shop. It's as good as he says, folks. And don't forget to check out Slobberknocker, his autobiography. You can follow me on Twitter at ProWrestlingNet and make ProWrestling.net your home for your daily news fix, live television and pay-per-view reviews, and so much more. Also, check out Jake Barnett's appearance on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast from Tuesday and hear me on Thursday show. Just do a quick search for Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast for more details. We'll be back right here next week. Thank you so much for checking out The Boom. Boom.